Debt is a killer. Almost every one of us is in debt in some way, either with the mortgage or with credit card debt and or other loans. Did you know that God told the Israelites they were not to charge each other interest on loans? God knows that debt and interest significantly undermine our prosperity, and the sad outcome of this kind of financial stress is depression and often backsliding. This is why God declared a year of jubilee every 50 years so that all debts would be canceled. God knows how destructive debt is to us. We must be debt-free to enjoy the prosperous life He wants us to enjoy. Our prayer is that the Lord will move in the hearts of everyone today to begin the journey to debt elimination. Will you cry out to God and ask for His help to be debt-free? The pastor and staff of Cross Church want to help you. Hello. Good to see you today. I hope you had a great week. And how many are glad that summer's here? Almost. <laughs> We're dealing with, uh, with a, a very touchy subject. Whenever you talk about money, I mean, that gets people's attention. People want to know, well, what, what's he going to say and what does he believe? And some people, when they saw the, the banner up, prosperity with a cross, in the actual word prosperity, they thought, oh no, it was passed around, become one of the prosperity teachers. Uh, the, the answer to that is actually yes, but not the way you think. Because we know, uh, according to Scripture, that, that Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for our sakes, he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. We wanna, we're, we're exploring what that means for us as Christians. What does it mean that Jesus Christ became poor so that we could be rich? Well, I've been talking about our responsibility as Christians. First of all, to be managers of what God's entrusted to us. How many understand today that you are a steward? Say it, I am a steward. And you, as a steward, are a manager of what God has entrusted to you. And the way that you and I are going to be good stewards is if you and I learn what it means to be debt-free or debtless. And so I just want to uh, bring a few things to your attention this morning. First of all, um, I think most of us understand what it means to deal with the debt monster. Would everybody agree that there is a debt monster out there and he's lurking under your bed and, and uh, in your wallet and everywhere you look? He's out there and he wants to destroy you. How many know that? Well, here's the thing, folks. It is, uh, some, I don't know if some of you are watching the business news. I, I watch the news. I watch the business news especially. Don't care too much about the sports news, but, but news of the world and business news really interest me because these are the things that really impact me personally. And as a pastor, as a leader, I need to understand these things. And so I want to just point out something to you. It's, it, it is no co coincidence that the Dow Jones just hit 20,000. I don't know if you noticed that. And at the same time, the national debt is reaching $20 trillion in America. Now, how many know that whatever happens in America affects us? If Americans sneeze, we get the flu. It just, it, it just works like that. We, we're impacted hugely by what happens in the U.S. And uh, you know what's interesting is that when I graduated from, uh, from high school, the Dow Jones was at 951, and the American debt was just 994 billion. Now it's 20 trillion. 
and now the Dow Jones is up to 20,000. So here's what David Stockman says. He says, our prosperity has been fueled by the greatest debt binge in the history of the world. And we are greatly fooling ourselves if we think otherwise. In other words, what these economists are pointing out to us is that this debt that we have got ourselves into here in the West is, is, is only going to go for so long, and then finally it's going to come to an end. Uh, and I'm going to show you some interesting slides to point this out. But for many of us, we're kind of like this poor donkey. We've got so much debt, and we're just on the verge of losing it. And, and maybe that's you today. Maybe you're just like, a Pastor, I can hardly keep my feet on the ground. I'm about to lose it all. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, if you are heavily in debt, if you are using debt, then I'm, I can guarantee you that your level of the prosperity that God wants for you is increasingly decreasing. In other words, it's getting worse and getting worse. Um, look at this. Canadian households now owe a combined $1.94 trillion. We are actually, per capita, worse off than Americans are. Very serious. The average Canadian owes $21,580 in non-mortgage debt. So the thing with mortgage debt is that you've got collateral. You've got the house. So if you can't pay the debt, the bank takes the house back and they carry on. But this $21,580 in debt is, for the most part, uh, there's, there's nothing that's, that the bank could claim and say, well, you know, you can't pay your debt, so now we're taking back your whatever. I mean, the bank doesn't really want your 20-year-old bed and your, your old furniture and your rusted-out car. So here we are in really serious condition. Look at, look at this statistic. The average debt-ridden student owes $26,819. And actually, that, this is a, these numbers are a bit old, so it actually is probably more than that. And here's what else we discover. We discover that the average debt to disposable income ratio hovers at a historic high of 165%. Uh, just let me just explain that for a minute. When we talk about debt to disposable income, disposable income means the cash I have in the pocket, the money I've got to spend on a daily basis. So the debt to the amount of money you got in your pocket ready to spend, that has now hit 165%, meaning Canadians owe $1.65 for every dollar of disposable or ready income that they have. In 1990, it was just 75%. Folks, we are in serious trouble. And I'm going to tell you this. As Christians, Jesus gives us very clear instructions as to how to live and how to make sure we are not living like this. Here's what the Bible says. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, Yet for our sakes, he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. And we said over the past two weeks, when we talk about being rich as Christians, we're not talking about Jesus dying on the cross so that you can have tons of money in your pocket, so you can drive a Rolls Royce and have gold chains and lots of bling. We, I, hope, I hope all of us understand that. There's many TV preachers that don't understand that, but I hope that the people of Cross Church completely and fully understand this. Jesus wants us to enjoy the abundant life. This is what he says in John chapter 10. The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, I've come that you might have 
life abundant, or as the NLT puts, and I like that, a rich and satisfying life. This is what Jesus wants for you, a sense of fulfillment, a sense of satisfaction, contentment. My needs are met, and not only are my needs met, I'm actually able to be generous and help others out. This is the riches that Jesus is talking about. And, you know, we we talk about abundant life, we talk about the eternal life, we talk about new life. All this is ours. This is what Jesus means by saying that we are rich. Now, debt is seriously eroding the prosperity that Jesus has come to this earth to give us. And I'm not talking, obviously, just about financial uh, uh, prosperity. I'm talking about the prosperity of your soul, your mind, and your spirit. Debt has a terrible, a terrible effect on people. It causes depression, fear. It causes anxiety. Uh, it, it causes all kinds of problems, which I'm going to get into in just a few moments. But this morning, what I want to do is I want us to learn how to be debt-free. Now, would everybody say amen to that? Everybody think that's a good idea? Anybody think it's a bad idea? Good. Phew. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if you said yes. Now, I want to teach you what the Bible says, and I want to give you some simple steps to help you get out of debt quick. Now, obviously, one sermon is not going to do the trick, but I'm going to tell you what you need to do to get the process going. So first of all, what we need to understand is this. What does the Bible say about debt, about being prosperous, about uh, having money in your pocket, about being satisfied and content? Well, the Forbes magazine, some of you may or may not know that, the Forbes magazine, a great magazine uh, for businessmen that want to know what's happening in the business world. And Forbes loves to publish lists, the list of the richest people and what people's net worth is and who are the richest, who are the billionaires and who are the millionaires, et cetera, et cetera. In this one uh, article in Forbes magazine, uh, they asked 400 of the richest people on their list, what is the secret to getting rich. Now, you need to know something about these 400 people on the, on the, on the list of the richest people. A full, this, is, this was mind-boggling to me. 67% of the people on this rich list are first-generation wealthy people. In other words, these people all, all earned their own income. It wasn't passed down. They didn't inherit it. 67% first-generation wealth. Now, of the 400 people who are asked, what is the secret to getting rich? Like you would think, over 400 people, you're going to get a lot of answers. But here's, here's what they discovered, and it's really quite, quite amazing. A full 75% of the people on that 400 rich people list said, the secret to getting rich is to get out of debt and to stay out of debt. Did you hear that? The key to prosperity... The key to doing well financially is to get out of debt and to stay out of debt. Now, here's what you need to understand. These rich people are rich because they have learned how to manage their finances. And last week, we talked about what we need to do as Christians in order to properly manage our finances. We said, give 10% to God, give 10% to yourself, put it into a savings account, and live on the 80%. I was saying this to somebody at our small group last week. The thing that I've discovered over, after being in the ministry for over 30 years is that people who tithe tend uh, to be better off 
financially than the average people. And it's not because they've got better jobs or because they're smarter than other people, but here's the thing. Because they have submitted to the discipline of giving 10%, they have forced themselves to properly manage their finances. And so in properly managing their finances, in taking a look at their finances and learning how to live on 80% and saving 10% and giving 10% to God, number one, they have got the money they need to retire, they've got the money they need for emergencies so they don't have that stress on their minds. And the other thing, and this is really important for you if you're a Christian this morning, is that you now have God working for you. You've got God on your side supporting you, helping you in whatever it is that you're going through. And so you need to understand that as stewards, as stewards of God, remember we said that we're stewards of God, we need to manage our finances. And one of the things that we need to know about managing our finances is that we do not go into debt. Now, here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, isn't that interesting? I just quoted you the information from the Forbes magazine. These rich people who've got tremendous power are people that do not have debt or get out of debt. They eliminate debt from their lives. But look at this. The borrower is slave to the lender. Would you say that with me? The borrower. David Ramsey says that your greatest wealth-building tool is your income, is the money you bring home. A lot of people think, man, if I could just win the lottery, if I could just get an inheritance, if you know, my mom would, and dad would just die, or my grandparents, if I could just get the will, if I could just, if something, if, you know, if, if God could just do a miracle and just drop money into my lap, you know, if I could just go out in the morning and pick up, God would just drop money on the ground like he did with the manna. Why can't God do that, by the way? Wouldn't that just be great? Just go outside, oh, there's $100 bills all over the place. Yes. But God doesn't do that. It's not the way God functions. Your, your greatest wealth-building tool is your income. Whatever God has given you through your paycheck, you give 10% to God, 10% to yourself, put into your savings account, live on the 80%. And so here's what we learned last week. We said hard work and proper money management is the key to prosperity. And the fastest way to destroy your wealth is to go into debt. So Solomon says here that the borrower is slave to the lender. If you're going into debt, Solomon says, you are a slave and you now have a new master. Did you hear that? If you are a, if you are a debtor, if you are in debt, then you are now a slave. You have a master. And this is a problem. Some of you say, well, what's wrong with that? You know, I've got... I got debt for a little while. What's the problem with that? I'll tell you what's wrong with that. Because Jesus says no one can serve two masters. Did you hear that? If you are a debtor, if you owe money, now you are a slave to the lender. And Jesus says you can't have two masters. You can only have one. For you will hate one and love the other. And by the way, can I just, just stop for a moment? Think about that. I see this all the time. People who are in debt, people who are struggling financially, they get really, really irritated when the pastor says, can you help give a bit of money for the poor people in Burundi? It's like, that pastor's always asking for money. He's always asking for money. Why doesn't he just leave us alone? Can't we talk about something else, about the trees and the birds or something else? But do we have to talk about money? 
And the answer to that is yes, because money is a problem for so many of us. And Jesus says you can't have two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. If you are debt-free, then here's what I've discovered about people who are debt-free and who are Christians. They love to give. They love to share. Jesus says, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And this is the problem with debt, is that now you are enslaved to money or the lack of money. And remember what Jesus says. Jesus says that he has come to make us rich, to give us that rich and satisfied life, that rich and abundant life. Now, Jesus told us, to give. How many remember that? We said that in the very first week. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, you reap what you sow. Jesus says, give and you will receive. Press down, shaken together, running over. Jesus says, when you give, God is going to pay you back in full and then some. Jesus says in Luke 6, 38, the amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. This is a biblical promise. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you're not a Christian today, if you don't believe in the word of God, if you don't believe in God, then what I'm saying to you will be just annoying to you. It'd be gobbledygook. You, won't, you, want, you don't wanna hear anything about it. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in him, then you believe what he says and you take him at his word. And Jesus is saying to you that you will uh, get according to what you give. Now, the problem with so many of us is that we cannot make ends meet Never mind be the givers that Jesus called us to be. And the reason is, is because we are in debt. We are slaves to our debt, and we are slaves to our lust for money and our lust for stuff. Here's the thing that I've discovered, is that so many people who are out of debt tend not to spend the way people who are in debt spend. The people who are in debt, now watch this, this is interesting. The people who are in debt are upset, they're anxious, they're stressed, full of stress, and what do they do to alleviate the stress? They go and spend more money. Oh, I'm feeling terrible, let's go shopping, dear. Oh, I don't know how we're gonna make ends meet. I know what we can do, let's go get some, let's go get an expensive meal. That should solve the problem. And we get deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. It's interesting. Once you, have, once you have saved, once you've earned your income, once you've paid off your debt, once you're debt-free, things change dramatically for you. Now, suddenly, you don't want to spend your money. And I'm going to give you some examples of that in just a few moments. But know this, you can't serve two masters. And so what we need to understand is the Bible is calling us to be debt-free. Now, there's some who will argue today, but pastor, what about the good kind of debt? So, look. If you are a financial wizard and you are totally out of debt and you've got some you know, secret powers and skills, uh, then you are one in a million or maybe one in, well, let's say one in 100 or one in 200. But the average person cannot be in debt, cannot use debt, needs to be out of debt. Okay, so we, we got that clear? We cannot serve two masters. Say I cannot serve two masters. I cannot... And I think you really believe that, right? Now, God knows that debt uh, and high interest significantly undermines our prosperity. How many have seen the payday loans? Mm, mm. Don't put your hand up if you use them. But I'm telling you, that has done 
that has done more to undermine the prosperity of people than you can imagine. And guess where most of these payday loan offices are? They're in poor communities. Remember we said the rich rule over the poor? That's exactly what happens. How about, how about this rent to own? Have you seen that? And you, you know, 90 days, no, no interest paid. And the problem is if you don't pay it the 90 days, then you get dinged with 30% interest or more. God knows, God knows how debt and high interest significantly undermines our prosperity and the sad outcome of that kind of financial stress. It causes depression, despair. It causes a lack of hope. It causes, well, oftentimes abuse of alcohol and pills and so on and so forth. There's a way to cope with the stress and oftentimes leads to backsliding. And folks, I'm not talking theoretically here. As a pastor, I have seen this repeatedly. In fact, I think most of us here today know of people who because of the stress that they're going through have gotten themselves even deeper and deeper into trouble. So I'm gonna tell you right now, debt is a vicious cycle and debt is a killer. And if we've got any young people here today, can I just stress this upon you? Do not go into debt. And if you are in debt, get rid of it immediately. Don't have any part of it. Parents, help your kids to stay out of debt. This will be one of the best things you'll ever, ever do to them or for them. Now, you say, Pastor Allen, that's nice to, you know, to, to, to say, you know, don't go into debt, but what if you're already in debt? What if I'm in debt? And Pastor Allen, in fact, I'm that one you were talking about, feeling sad and depressed and feeling anxious and I can't sleep at night. What do we do? How do I get out of debt? Before I answer that question, do you know that 52% of marriages end in divorce? And many of them end in divorce because of money problems? In marriage counseling, we always talk about the three main problems that take place in marriage. And first of all is money. Secondly, in-laws can be a problem. And that, I'm not speaking from experience on that. And then the third thing is communication, but the big one is money. Now, now look at this. Those who get divorced after just seven years, 90% of them get divorced because of money problems. And so we recognize that debt is a significant problem. We need to get rid of debt. We need to cut up the credit cards. We need to do whatever it is to get out of debt. So what do we do? Now, first of all, I want you to understand something. Uh, because I'm not here to condemn or judge anybody today. I'm here to help you, because I love you and care about you. But more importantly than that, God loves you. God cares about you. God wants you to have this prosperous life. This is why Jesus came. God knows that we desperately need his help. He has come to make your life an abundant life, a satisfied life, a full life. Jesus teaches us how to live. He wants us to live disciplined lives. How many know there's no substitute for living a disciplined life? In fact, uh, Brian Tracy, he says that the world belongs to the one who is disciplined. And this is, folks, why we teach the seven habits. These are seven disciplines to help you become a mature and godly Christ follower so that you will prosper. That's what it's about. And you know that one of the, one of the habits is to give. Be in the habit, the discipline of giving. 
because we want you to enjoy this prosperous life that Jesus Christ came to this earth to give us. And let me read to you a passage of scripture because Jesus understands that we're weak and frail. How many would say today that, that, that basically uh, fits a description when it comes to me? I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty weak and in need of God's grace. Anybody like that today? Nobody put their hands up. Anybody like that today that would say, I'm in need of God's grace? There's, there's four, six, eight. There's one back there. Yes, I see that hand. The other one? Desperately need God's grace. Jesus knows that. And that's why when he's teaching his disciples, he wants them to understand that we have a loving father who cares about us, who actually wants to help us. And so he teaches his disciples what to do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what to do if you're struggling with debt today. Luke chapter 11, starting at verse five. And it says, then teaching them more about prayer, Jesus used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed and I can't help you. But I tell you this, Jesus says, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, you keep doing that long enough, He'll get up, and he'll give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Isn't that great? Jesus is telling us, oh, I love that. Jesus is telling us to use that kind of shameless persistence. Keep bugging God until you get the help that you need, and everybody said it. Amen. And so I tell you, Jesus says, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Hallelujah. Would anybody say amen to that? Listen to this. Your father's... You, fa- you father, any fathers here today? Jared, you're gonna be a father soon? Woo-hoo. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Jared, you'd never do that, would you? Never, no. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Well, maybe you'd do that. No, you wouldn't do that, no way. Of course not, Jesus says. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Folks, I want you to understand something very profound, very wonderful today. When when you cry out to God for help, his response is not one of judgment and condemnation. Rather, God the Father is saying, well, finally, finally you come to me for help. I want to help you. I love you, my child. Tell the person beside you, God loves you. They didn't know that. Because I know some of you are sitting here today thinking, man, Pastor Allen, I am I'm so messed up. I made such bad decisions. I'm such a loser. I've, I've been selfish, sinful choices. I deserve to be in the financial mess that I'm in now. 
Is that you? Is that what you're thinking? Is that going through your head? I deserve to be in the financial mess that I'm in now. Well, folks, the fact of the matter of us, uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, all of us deserve to be in a mess. All of us deserve to be in the toilet, so to speak. That's the whole point of Jesus coming to this earth. That's why he came. That's why he came and died on the cross. That's why he came to rescue us, because he knows that we're in trouble and that sometimes, let's face it, we're just plain stupid. Guess what I heard today? Pastor Allen said, I'm stupid. <laughs> Listen, all of us, all of us make such bad decisions, and the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ has come, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. To, or as the NLT puts it, to give you a rich and satisfying life. So what do we do? How do we get the help we need? Well, for everyone who asks, they'll receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I want us to take a look at these three words really quickly. Because here's what Jesus is telling us to do. He's saying when it comes to asking God for help, when it comes to solving your debt crises, your debt problems, don't be timid. Be aggressive. Has anybody noticed how all the credit companies, they are aggressive in trying to get your business? How many of them I'm talking about? I get, I get invitations all the time. Get a credit card with us. Get a credit card. Increase your credit limit. Come to us, we'll give you more credit, more credit. Woo, credit. Because we all know that credit makes us happy, right? Nothing could be further from the truth. And yet the credit card companies, the, the banks want you to believe if you get more credit, the happier you'll be. No, you, for sure. But you're absolutely right. So what we want to do is we want to get rid of debt. We want to get rid of credit. We want to kill credit in our lives. We want to kill debt. Now, I know I've heard all the arguments in favor. You've got to have credit because you need to increase your FICO score and on and on, so on and so forth. Okay, so listen. What you need to know today is that you need to get rid of your debt. It needs to be gone. The first thing you're going to do is you are going to ask. Now, this verse is easy to remember because if you look at the word ask, seek, and knock, if you take the first letters of those three words, what, what does it spell? Ask. You'll never forget this now. Luke 11.10. Ask, seek, knock. Let's take a look at this. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to aggressively, we're not going to be timid, we're going to be aggressive in going to the Father and asking him. We're going to pray we're going to ask God for wisdom and grace to get out of debt. And when you're praying every single day, God, help me get out of debt, help me get out of debt, help me get... What happens now is that your consciousness changes, and suddenly, rather than using your credit card at Starbucks, really using your visa to buy a latte? That latte, folks, by the time you get your credit card paid off, that latte will cost you 100 bucks. You don't want to buy a latte with your credit card. You don't want to use your credit card. If you don't have it, don't spend it. You start praying and asking every day, God, give me the grace. 
Give me the wisdom to not go further into debt, to get out of debt. Get it? So you're going to what every day? Ask every day. Pray every day. God, help me get out of debt. God, help me get out of debt. And I'm going to tell you this. You be aggressive. All right already. I'm going to help you get out of debt. That's what, this is the picture that Jesus is painting. We're going to ask. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to seek. Now, can I just remind everybody something? You've you got to really get off your rear end. You've got to get busy. You've got to get involved, engaged in the process of getting out of You've got to start exploring. You've got to start learning how to get out of debt. Start seeking. And I would say this to you, try a debt counseling service. I would say um, you need to talk to a, a financial advisor. Um, I, I got one sitting right in the front row. Talk to him. That's Denny. Um, that's a free advertising. That's going to cost you big time. <laughs> and if we have any other financial advisors in the church, let me know so I can mention your name. You need to take a course on financial management. Taryn Ramsey has been doing these courses on um, financial management, and I know a few people have taken it. I know Deb sitting right here has taken it, and she loves it and has already told me as soon as we do the next one, she's going to take it. But you need to start learning how to manage your money. Do you know how many people who are, who are making uh, you know, six figures a year are heavily in debt or on the verge of bankruptcy? That doesn't make sense. Some of you are thinking, man, if I just had $10,000 more a year, I'd be, I'd be living the high life. We're talking, people are making six figures and, and seven figures, and they're terribly in debt and big trouble. You need to take a course to learn how to manage your, your, your debt, learn how to manage your finances. That's called seeking. And I would say this to you. I don't know if anybody's heard of Dave Ramsey. I would go to YouTube, not now. Go to YouTube this afternoon and start listening to Dave Ramsey, because what he does is he just talks about how to manage your money and how to get out of debt. I highly recommend that. In fact, the uh, course that we teach is based on his material. So what are we doing? We're asking, we're seeking, that's right. We're learning, we're growing, we're learning in this. And then the next thing we're doing is we are knocking. We're gonna take action. Did you get that? We're gonna take action. So you've you, you're asking, you're praying about it, now you are learning, you're studying it, you're, you're, you're going on, the, on YouTube or on the internet, you're looking for information so that you can become financially savvy and you can manage the funds that God has given to you. And now what you're gonna do is you're gonna actually take action. You're going to get off your backside and you're gonna start knocking and doing whatever it takes to get out of debt. And everybody said... So what do we do? Well, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to turn your guns on debt elimination. So you as a family or you, you and your spouse are going to sit down together and say, dear, our number one goal right now is going to be to get out of debt. This means that we are going to severely cut, cut our entertainment budget. We are going to severely cut our, our grooming budget. We're going to cut the, the clothing budget. We're going to cut every budget. We're going to get out of debt because that's number one, number one priority. Are you ready to do that? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because I'm going to tell you right now, debt is like a black hole. It sucks you in. 
and it just keeps piling up. How many, how many have heard of compound interest? If you're saving money, compound interest is the most beautiful words on the planet. If you're in debt, compound interest now is deadly. It's going to kill you. It'll destroy you. So the next thing you're going to do you're going, to make a bu- you're going to set a goal. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to make a budget. Most people don't have a clue where the money is being spent. Remember I said earlier, those who tithe tend to be budgeters. They, they have, tend to be uh, in control of their income. They know what's going on. People who don't tithe usually don't save either, and they have no idea where their money's going. They just keep spending. Oh, look, i got money in my pocket. Surely there's something I can buy. And off they go. I remember on a paper, a paper route, as soon as I had a little bit of money in my pocket, man, I wanted to buy a chocolate bar, I wanted to buy a freeze, I wanted to buy a bag of chips, I wanted to buy something. The idea of saving money didn't even occur to me. You need to make a budget. The next thing you need to do, and this is what Dave Ramsey says, and you can, again, look him, look him up. He says, get out your scissors and do some plastic surgery. Start cutting up those credit cards. And when you have got your debt taken care of, uh, try not to get any more credit cards. Don't believe the credit card companies. Having credit does not make you happy. Having credit is a lie. It makes you happy for a season, at least for 30 days until the bill comes. (laughs) And now you're back in depression again. The next thing you need to do if you're in deep, deep debt Take action. Start selling your stuff. Has anybody ever heard of Kijiji? Start selling stuff. Get rid of it. Dave, I heard Dave Ramsey tell somebody once, he said, do you have any furniture in your house? Yep. Just sell it all. Just keep a mattress to sleep on. That's all you need. Pretty radical, eh? These people were radically in debt. And he's saying, get rid of the debt. Start selling your stuff. Here's something else you need to start doing. <laughs> DP Wellbank says, really, the first step to solving debt problems is stop borrowing money. Some people have this notion of the idea that I'm in debt, so what I need to do is I need to borrow money. Pardon? And banks will tell you, all that, all, will tell you that all the time. You're in debt? Here, you need to borrow some more money. That'll help. That's right. My house is on fire. What I need is some gasoline. <laughs> no. Here's the next thing you need to do. Stop acting rich. Hello. Some of us, we love, you know, pull up. I'm going to pull up in my new Mercedes Benz. I'm going to pull up in my new Jaguar. I'm going to look at my new clothes. Look at, the, look at my purse. Well, not my purse. <laughs> Look at my shoes. Look at my jewelry. This guy, Thomas J. Stanley, PhD no less, he says the problem with us is that we all love the life of the rich and the famous. He says what most people don't know is that the rich people, they don't act rich, except movie stars. And many of them are in deep financial trouble. The government's after a lot of them. He says, if, you're, if you really want to start having wealth, then stop spending it. Stop acting like you're rich. Uh, has anybody ever heard of Ingvar Kamprad? I didn't think so. 
But this man is worth $3 billion. He is the founder of Ikea, and he said that he drove a 15-year-old Volvo and always flew economy class. This guy could have had his own jet, just like Creflo Dollar. He, he, he flies economy. His frugal ways extend to his home in Switzerland, which he reportedly decorated mostly <laughs> with inexpensive IKEA furniture. Isn't that great? <laughs> of course, of course. And then he says, and he has a few family heirlooms. No interest, whatever, in impressing anybody. Has anybody heard of Zuckerberg? Has, have you heard of how much money he's given away? He keeps giving it away, giving it away. He drives, I think he drives an Acura. <laughs> Has anybody ever heard of Warren Buffett? He's one of the richest men on the planet. He's a brilliant financial manager. You know, <laughs> he still lives in his Omaha, Nebraska home that he bought 50 years ago for $31,500. Is that great? And guess what he's worth? $45 billion. $45 billion U.S. dollars. Not Canadian dollars, U.S. dollars. We're talking big bucks. Just simple life. Someone said they spotted Zuckerberg with his wife eating at McDonald's. For me, it's shocking, not because it's cheap, but because it's McDonald's food. But anyway, that's where he was eating. Now imagine what life would be like for you and for me if we were completely debt-free. Just think about that for a moment. Think of the independence. All the income you earn is yours to use as you wish, and you can quit and get a different job. You can tell your boss to take the job, and give it to somebody else. <laughs> You're no more a slave to the bank. You're not a slave to MasterCard or Visa or Discovery Card. You can sleep at night, no more stress. Improve your marriage. Give your marriage a fighting chance. You can have an early retirement. Anybody, uh, <laughs> anybody wanna say amen to that? The wonderful thing, folks, is that you will kill the greed in your soul. Greed is soul killing, and debt fuels greed. Did you get that? Debt fuels greed, because when your heart is full of greed and lust, you think to yourself, man, I need to get this. I need to get that. Someone's trying to get in. And the other thing, folks, is that you can be generous. I'm going to tell you something. If you have not yet experienced the joy of giving, then you have no idea what you're missing out on. The greatest joy on this earth is being a generous person. And I'll tell you why. Because when you and I give, that is when we are most like Jesus. That's when we are most like our creator, our God. We were created in the image of God. We are created to, to be his image on this earth. And when you and I give, we are most like him. Now, I want to remind you of something this, this morning. 
The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And one of his greatest weapons, my friends, is debt, is credit. But Jesus' purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And what you and I need to do is today make a decision. Make a decision as a family. Make a decision as a couple. We are no longer going to be in debt. We are done with this thief. We are done with the devil. We want no more part of of what he's doing in our lives. We're gonna be debt-free because we want this rich and prosperous life that Jesus calls us to have. Would you say amen to that? Let's stand together. Father, thank you this morning for your presence here. Thank you, God, for what you want to do in our lives. We pray, God, that our hearts would be open to the work and the moving of the Holy Spirit. God, give us the courage to make a decision today to go aggressively after debt, to get rid of it, to kill it, to destroy it, to do whatever it takes to be debt-free. And I thank you, God, for the prosperity that will come to our people, the prosperity that Jesus has promised to us, the sense of peace, of contentment, of joy, happiness, and the ability and the freedom to give for your glory and for your honor. Now, Father, as we go from here now, we pray, give us grace to do what we heard today in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me? Tell the person beside you, go be debt-free.